We all want to believe in something, but how far will we go to find meaning? From the executive producer of Friday Night Lights, Hulu's new original drama series, The Path, takes audiences inside the mysterious world of a controversial cult-like movement. Starring Aaron Paul, Michelle Monaghan, and Hugh Dancy, and hailed by The Hollywood Reporter as impressive and riveting, The Path takes an in-depth look at the gravitational pull of belief and what it means to choose between the life we live and the life we want. The Path, now streaming, new episodes Wednesdays, only on Hulu. Welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon-Miller at Lizard on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And this week we have a special guest. Yay! Hello. Yes. I am that special guest. Yes, introduce yourself, Steve. Uh, I'm Steve Green uh, at Steve Brune on the Twitters. Uh, I am the special projects editor here at IndieWire, uh, which means I do a little bit of everything, and that includes bugging Ben and Liz from time to time uh, while they're trying to work here <laughs> in the office. Never bugging us, Stephen. Not once. Interrupting us, yes. There Bugging we go. us, there never. We go. There Always we go. welcome. Interruptions are it's welcome. It's a key distinction. But uh, Steve wanted to come on the podcast because we got into a discussion recently about the opening credit sequences of AMC series and how they might rank up against each, each other. And Steve had opinions right away, and Ben has opinions, I guess. I don't really care about them, but I have opinions as well. So what we're going to do for you today is similar to our episode a couple of months ago when we ranked the best of the year. Uh, we are going to do a live ranking. We are, we are, we each of us have our own ideas as to what should be ranked the best AMC opening credit sequence and what should be ranked the least good of amongst them. And we're gonna have it out. Throw down. Throw down. Bro down. Throw down. Plus Liz. <laughs> <laughs> I've never felt less like a bro in my life right now than Why? sitting opposite you guys. Steve, you should have worn your hat today. I should. I should have been hat buddies. I, I I should have worn a baseball cap. Yeah, that would have worked out well. I have a sun hat in my car. I could go get it for you. That's possible. I mean, it's the definition of bro is involves a sun cap. Yes, it's a lovely. It's got like a little feather in the brim. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I can see that just walking around a fraternity for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so to start things off, we kind of talked about how this should play out uh, before we started, and the easiest way is to probably go from the bottom, the least, the, the ones we'd rank the lowest, and then work our way to the top. And so you, Steve, you, why don't you go first and tell us what you have down as your least favorite AMC opening credit sequence. I, I, I brought in a, a printed, handwritten list. Uh, and uh, so we are ranking 15 of these, correct? Because to our knowledge, Preacher doesn't have really an opening sequence. It's this just is the, something I'm we with Steve. I'm um, on Steve's team. Team let, Steve. Let's have let's basically take a moment to acknowledge right now that Preacher, which uh, just uh, as you listen to this, just premiered on AMC last night, uh, does not have a traditional opening credit sequence. It does not even have like something like what Lost had, where it's like a six-second sting. Instead, it just flashes the title over over uh, you know whatever scene just ended its cold open, which is a fine, effective way of starting a show, but it's also not what we're paying tribute today, which is uh, the art of the opening credit sequence. So Correct. an acknowledgement that we are only ranking 15, 15 of these or 16 AMC shows, but Preacher is essentially disqualified. Yeah, I mean, and there are admittedly some very short opening credit sequences that will be on the list, but none compare to Preacher. And I think the easy cutoff point is simply that Preacher doesn't actually have credits. It's just a title. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... I mean that's at least based on the screeners we have. Yeah. It could that be... That could change. That could, that could change. Uh, but... 
we're going we're going to proceed ahead uh, anyway. So there's a small chance we may reconvene in two weeks and do this whole thing over again. Oh, yeah, yes. we're going to redo this podcast probably on a weekly basis. Yeah. If this was Netflix, we would literally be doing it on a weekly basis because there's a new Netflix series every freaking week. It's the worst. <laughs> uh, speaking of the worst, um, how about oh. the opening credit sequence for The Killing? Huh. I okay, so I do not have that one ranked particularly high. Okay. But I will not say it's my least favorite. And, I, and just because I think when I look forward to an opening credit sequence is some invocation of mood and theme mm-hmm. beyond just the basic information of who's in the show and who made it. And I think the credit, the killing does manage to achieve that to some degree. I actually took the same steps in, in making this list as Liz and I did all week when we were grading our upfronts trailers. So like we'd, we'd, we'd get the trailers in. We'd write down our own grades, maybe a little blurb kind of explaining why, and then Liz and I would quickly hash it out while we put them up, and then we just have all of those ranked. So, obviously, visit IndieWire.com to watch those. Um, but for this, for The Killing, I kind of agree with Liz. I have it in, like, the lower half of my list. But I said basically that if any show show's opening titles invoked the spirit of the show itself, it's The Killing because there's so much freaking rain, and it's so <laughs> unsatisfying at the end. But, God damn it, it looks pretty. Yeah, I would say the killing at least does have, you know, it has rain. It has the uh, invocate the, the the idea that there's going to be a dead girl. There's a crime scene. Kind of. Kind of. You you kind of get the sense that there's this is a lot a, of confusion. It's just a lot like the killing. Yeah, but there's a sense that you're watching a murder mystery uh, set in a rainy place, which is, a, which is compared to other shows on this list, I think is uh, more information than. That they get those then lesser credit sequences give. If we were playing catchphrase and I said murder mystery set in a rainy place, you would all immediately know what I was talking about. Yes, but sorry. I well, I, I guess what it came down to for for me was I, I I as you will see I value music a lot in these opening credit sequences uh, and, mm. and and to have something kind of as bland and unmemorable as just kind of airy beeps and boops mm-hmm. uh, featuring uh, a character just driving for half the time that was that was also kind of what stood out to me uh, I I think this stands out for the the way that it does not stand out at all uh, but I I I do understand the point that. There's a lot of rain, and it's it's moody. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's it's hinting at something ominous, but but as a standalone piece of of music, as music and just something to watch, right. uh, it's not something that I would ever go back to. Well, in the name of progress, I would suggest that you go ahead and just name your next one, maybe your next two, so that we can see if we're up close on the same page. There, we might be able to agree on what's the worst. Okay, right. okay. Uh, next one is Low Winter Sun. Mm. Boom! My last pick. Okay, dead last okay. on the rankings. Okay, and 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 you, you'll find that in putting this together, I did a lot of comparing. So I, I I thought that like I would pick something out and then what it reminded me of. Uh, for me, Low Winter Sun is like the C plus version of Justified. <laughs> uh, now, in every way. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. <laughs> and and just in the way that it feels, it needs to just sort of hit you over the head with, oh, this is a morally conflicted dude, and uh, and and just the 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 music itself, you know, Justified. You know, it comes on. It's got that like little, little drone, and then that that like kind of thumping, pounding. Like, all right, there's momentum. We're going forward. This is just kind of a free jazz. Ooh, I don't, I don't know what to feel about this guy. But if you're if if you're not sure how to feel about this guy, know that he downs his drink in a single gulp and then puts it down on the table overneath 
you know, over an insect. I will say that uh, my That's notes, my notes, on, yeah. my notes on Low Winter Sun were: if you asked me, line what this show is about, I would say it's about a jazz club where bald dudes do shots. <laughs> like that's what the that's what you I would think the show is about, and that is not at all what the show is about. It's about police corruption. And yeah, there's yeah. also those weird that weird kind of uh, like panning dragging shot of houses like repeated early in the trailer which is just like why are we showing all these abandoned houses which makes sense and justified because it's like okay here we're in harlan like let's 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 go give us that kind of sense of place at all yeah yeah, well winter sun you are not the wire and it's so muddy too it's so gray and 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 with without without sort of also adding the like existential dread Mm -hmm. that maybe even something like the killing does but yeah, yeah I, don't so, think it, I don't think it's set a tone, and I don't think it, even if it did, it's a tone you want to set for your show. So, um, so Liz, did you have that close to the bottom? Or, or I, I definitely had that close to the bottom. I liked other things. I liked other things worse than it, or I, 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 I liked it better than other things. Personally, my if my pick, if I was in charge of this list, for worst is Fear the Walking Dead. Wow, that is nothing. That is wow. That is nothing. That well, is well, Liz. Then I mean, what is Breaking Bad? Actually, Breaking Bad's pretty low on my list too. Okay, Ooh, that's rough. Okay, that's that's fair. I mean, it's that's, iconic. That's it's iconic. It's a great moment, but it's also like, I mean, and there's a lot more to it, and they introduce a lot of great iconic ideas with very simple structure. But it's also, but I mean, Fear the Walking Dead is nothing. I I, I put Fear the Walking Dead pretty close to the middle of my list. I Same mean, it, it's. I like the brevity of it. I think that actually works to its advantage, especially for a horror show. Um, I feel like that first tone that hits is, is right when the title appears on the screen um, is really like a punctuation mark that they they don't necessarily use expertly on that show because <laughs> there's very few things that are done expertly on that show. Um, but for that purpose, it works really well. The thing that bothered me about it was, was that, yes, it, it doesn't serve that well as actual credits and to... Um, the music is just not quite there for me. Like the 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 tone at the beginning works, the rest of it doesn't really play out, and then it, it, it looks a little cheap. Like it doesn't look great either. It's like I think they could have done a little better with the VFX of it. But um, but no, I don't I don't know. Like that one was kind of middle of the road for me. Um, and again, like what's interesting about your argument that it's nothing is that some things that I care about with titles are. If you don't have anything strong, don't make it long. Like you, do, if you're not, don't waste my time with it. Like if right. you don't have something to say with the title sequence. So with that one, it's like, well, if they didn't have anything big, and frankly, like The Walking Dead is longer and it doesn't have anything going for it either. So it's like, okay, I'm more okay with Fear. The I Walking actually Dead. have more, more on more on that later. Ben. Yeah, I feel like I mean, so okay, in in the, in the spirit of compromise, uh, I'm clearly not going to get my way on Fear of the Walking Dead. Um, but do we want to try the killing at number fifteen? Oh, I thought we were doing low winter sun. Yeah, I'll I'll go low low winter sun. That 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 works for me. Okay, yeah, I mean that I think that one for all of us kind of hits exact hits us one it annoys us in one way or another. I mean, nobody liked it, right? No. Nobody was like that one should be. No, <laughs> that one that one I'm gonna fight for. Yeah. Um, okay, let me taking notes. Taking notes. Over yes, Ben is Ben is our official note taker. <laughs> Um, so if, if, if we're working from bottom to top on, on my list, the next one I had was, uh, Ben, cover your ears. You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, I had feed the beast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am totally fine with feed the beast being super low. 
I will make the case for Feed the Beast. It was actually, I, I made a joke with these guys that if it wasn't in the top five, I was going to quit. <laughs> um, and it's actually at number six on my list. Okay. I, I mean, there's something about these title sequences that, one, work for me with just the visual presentation. Okay. I am not surprised that Liz doesn't like it because, personally, it reminds me a lot of House of Cards. Mm. Um, I do think that kind of the the visual metaphor of all of it, where it's kind of a, a, a New York gentrification take on foodie culture, like digging in and like interfering with the, just the general way of life. I don't think that's what the show is actually going to be about. But honestly, the way they released this before the show came out, so you just watch that outside of the context of the show. To me, I was like, I actually like these. Like, I can actually get into this a little bit. And I, it's too early for me to say, having only watched, I think, twice now, whether or not I could watch it every single week. But it has more to say, and it does it in a better manner for me than, like, frankly, that, that wine spilling and then turns into the blood on the floor of the, like, the crime scene. I mean, come on. Uh, that's something, guys. I just found it brutally over the brutally obvious. Like, I, my, ben, ben has heard me watch it twice now, and every time I'm like, food, crime. City, food, food, crime, crime, crime food, food, so food crime. You could do that with just crime about food. every trailer, though. Like you could even do that with with. Like, this one the great though stuff. was in particularly unsubtle, and it didn't work for me at all. I think I mean, the it, subtlety like, is in, is like outside of that obvious contradiction of white tablecloth in gross environment. Like if you look around, what's going on? There is some stuff happening. Now, yeah. if, if heaven forbid, David Schwimmer and Jim Sturgis can't harness the power of of each of their respective oeuvres. Uh, will, would you would you put this lower if the show turns out to be less subtle than you see these opening credits being? That's an interesting that's an interesting critical take on this because I think that would change a lot of how I reviewed the rest of them. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll say right now not which show is very close to the top of my list, but it's one of my least favorites from AMC okay. is near the top of my list because it's a great credit sequence. Okay. Um, and frankly it works for the advantage of the show so i think i would argue that even if this show is bad then the credits would be helping it be better or help you want to stick with it again i'm not gonna convince you guys that it's gonna be a top five or i don't even have it in the top five but i definitely want to put it like second to what come on guys like second to last is just cruel you guys are just you, that's cruel stuff so we have low winter sun as our bottom yep. um what about the so do we want to go like 15 uh, Low Winter Sun, 14, The Killing. I mean, I can do The Killing at 14. That's fine. That yeah. works for me. Uh, okay, so there we go. So we're two down, 13 to go. Yeah. Can, I, can I throw one out there? Because I'm, I'm very curious to see if you find any art in this whatsoever. Okay. I have humans at my second to last spot. Ooh. I actually have humans relatively high on my list. I think it's great. Humans is so boring. Like, it was just nothing. And it I... was just so easily, like, they just chopped together every clip they could find of robots as humans. And we're like, there you go. No, but I, th- I think it's beautifully put Music together, and it's also it's also a really lovely mix of real robot, r- real robot, you know, archival footage and stuff created specially for the show. Like there's stuff from the world of the show buried in it. I I like that it's the like kind of eerie sci-fi version of the Veep opening credits, where it's like here's here's all the things that happened to get to this point, and and now here we are. And I'm in, not, I, I can't go below seven on and that. And see, one. Veep has like below Veep seven. has brevity working to its advantage. That's it true. Has, has cheer and and good visuals. This was such a murky, cloudy, boring. I mean, I, H- I humans is a little long. Yeah. I'll I'll give you that that it's a little long. But I I think I'm 
I think I'm with Liz. I don't know if I had it up up high, but I had it kind of towards the middle. Yeah. Um, okay, how about another one? I, I'm just going to throw this out there. And I say this is someone who every week devoted a lot of time and energy into thinking about this. I'm willing to put Better Call Saul very low. Ooh, okay. And I think, and I say this is someone who really loves Better Call Saul, uh, but I kind of hit a point with the opening credits, especially once I figured out that they didn't produce any new opening credits this year. They simply reused the old credits from last year in the same order. So episode four of seasons one and two had the same opening credits and so on and so forth. Once I figured that out, A, I stopped being really interested in it. B, I've never, the context on the opening credits after two seasons is still really murky. Like we're clearly looking at stuff from the future, from Saul Goodman, from when Saul Goodman becomes Saul Goodman. But so far, Better Call Saul is still the story of Jimmy McGill. Like, we haven't gotten to that place yet. And so it's, while in the first season I enjoyed it as, like, kind of an invocation of what we know is to come, this season it felt tired and I kind of lost patience. I not lost patience with it. I just do not care. I had it pretty high. Uh, the, one, the one detail that always, that always makes me really happy after seeing those credits is the fact that it cuts off the last note of that song. Uh, the the fact that it's, I think when you watch it on YouTube, it's 14 seconds rather than 15. And just the fact that that last little bit gets cut off uh, somehow sets the tone of that show almost as good as anything possibly could. The idea that, you know, your, your, your life is happening, you've got a plan and then you're, you get 95% of the way there and then it just drops off. Right. And I feel like, you know, this might be sort of too much a close reading of it, but I feel like that's kind of where this show is going to end up going, where Jimmy's going to get 95% of what he wants. And, you know, from the season two finale, we can kind of already see where that's going to start to go downhill. Right. Uh, but but the idea of getting cut off right as you're about to, you know, sort of hit the that end final grace note, I really like that little detail. And that's, I, I had it up high for that particular reason. I mean, you can't go wrong believing that, a Vince Gilligan show will have an insane attention to detail yeah. when it comes to stuff like that. So, but that, but to your point, the fact that they have been using the same ones for season one and season two that might that might belie that fact. They might they may not be putting as much thought into it as as you would have hoped. Well, see, and that's that's something I think though that again is is getting back into the conversation of of the show affecting the credits instead of judging the credits on their own. Like, I, I like the idea that credits are setting something up. I like that, like, what you mentioned about them cutting off that note speaks more towards what the overall structure will be, so that works from season to season. But, like, I mean, the idea that they didn't change, to me, is, is more like, okay, well, yeah, but normally no opening credits change. So, and a lot of them don't have anything going for them. Like, again, going back to humans, like, that obviously didn't change. Like, it's not, <laughs> I don't expect that to change from season to season. You don't upgrade it just for changing. Um, I mean. But the framework is there to upgrade it. Like, you could add new new events from the world. They could, the but then that's a different opening sequence. Like, it's, it's, it's actually but literally different. it would be the same thing. It could be like Veep, where they change out the headlines and they change out some of the, some of the images. But it's still, it's still, it's structurally the same. Okay, but. Okay, well, maybe that was a bad example of what something. But um, the point of that being is is that that they're they're not they're not they're not required to change it. They're not required to create new ones for each one. You're actually judging these as a setup or a uh, a callback for every single show that exists. Like this, for me, Better Call Saul worked really well 
to set the tone, to bring you back into that 90s period drama that this is, to to remind you of where it's going, but at the same time to keep you where it actually exists. And the brevity works for me. Um, and the blown out color. The blown and out the... color works for there's a lot of There's a lot of very subtle art that went into it, whereas a lot of the other stuff feels like lengthy, kind of recycled, boring stuff. I will, I will notice, in, I want to observe in general that there's a definite house style to AMC opening credits. Like they are, there's a lot of variation within it, but you know, thematically, stylistically, there, you know, stuff like stuff like Better Call Saul and is kind of like the outside the norm. The humans opening sequence, meanwhile, is very much in line with other shows. So yeah. it almost becomes like, it, and that's why it leads to the sort of nitpicky level of uh, level of discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's again like humans is. I think I gave it like a B or a B minus, but I've got three or four other shows that have the exact same grade, mm-hmm. and it's like that's just because they don't seem to do much. They don't draw me in. They don't add a lot to the context of actually watching the show. Um, they don't set anything up for me. They're they're just kind of there to be there to serve the purpose of these are the names, and we're going to put something around it but you don't need to pay attention and you're not going to get anything out of it. Humans also does feel very British. Yeah. It's a co-production, but like, I feel like, like it, it feels more like the British influences in the opening credit sequence of that rather than AMC. Right. Where, where it's the, you know, kind of uh, the, the, like even down to like the, the, the font, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it, there's something about it that, that seems very, seems very European and, and even Sherlocky. Yeah. All right, well, how do people feel about Into the Badlands credits? I I had it kind of down lower to the bottom. I like I I like the style, but I I it just doesn't seem like TV credits for me. Like like when I watch it, it <laughs> it reminds me of like the end credits of like a DreamWorks animated movie where where like like they'll show the actor's name and then a silhouette of the character to let you know like who played who. <laughs> That's a very specific uh, comparison. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of them. Uh, I think I like, the, I like the style and I think it's one of the examples of like taking, taking the AMC credits house style and making it work for the individual show in question. Like there's, you know, it, it invokes an Asian influence without being explicitly Asian, which is important for that show because that show has a, that the figuring out that show's relationship with Asian culture is like a question pretty above my pay grade, honestly, like. It's a complicated one, is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, well, I mean, and that's I, I agree. Like the start of it worked, and then as it kept going, it never really went anywhere. So for me, I was just I lumped it in with this kind of grouping of, you know, they're trying something, and it's not bad. I, I understand it fits, but at the same time, it doesn't it doesn't make me feel anything. It doesn't really bring me up or or, or do a lot. And those na- I like I like the idea that the names are so big. It looks good. Like, it looks good. It yeah. looks good. It's it's like you know, I mean, aesthetically pleasing. But at the same time, it's just it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't. It, it, I like the. I guess I like the credit sequences that build you up toward what's coming. They work as a like when you cut to them from the scene beforehand, you feel good about that and you get excited and you kind of you could dance along with it or you could just kind of like start bobbing your head. You're like something happens to you physically where you're reminded this is why I'm excited about the show. Right. And I don't feel like that happens for for. Into the Badlands for humans, and frankly, for Turn, Washington Spies. I actually really like Turn. I uh, thought Turn was the one you were talking about earlier, a show that you didn't like that you actually liked the credits for. The no. f- I will admit, the first time I watched the, because I, I, I don't watch the show, um, yeah. no. I'll, I'll, I'll admit up at the top. 
Nobody uh, watches the show. It's okay. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, turn. We should watch it. I, I keep meaning to watch it. I've seen a couple. That's about as much as I can do. I, the first time I watched it, I, I, my first thought was to have it dead last. Just because it seems so antithetical to what the show is and what it's setting up. But I must admit that going back and watching all these again yesterday, just to sort of put the final touches on this list, uh, it bumped up a few slots. And I could totally see how, if this was a show that I watched from week to week, it could it could keep going and, and go up in your estimation. Uh, I'd be curious to see how you know an animated opening sequence for a show like this seems kind of antithetical. Um, but I there 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 was something that that sort of made me feel like if I saw it once a week for 10 straight weeks that I'd really grow to love it. I mean, the theme song, the theme song is by the national. Like that's legit. Yeah. 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 It was bad though. Oh, I liked yeah, it. I couldn't get into that song. I liked it. Um, so I, I had it up as number three on my list, to be oh honest. Wow. That okay. Is just, that is just utter lunacy, Liz. I don't know if I'd put it that high, but I, <laughs> but I, I would, I would not be opposed to it being at least in the middle. All right. Well, we got to start figuring out some numbers here because this All is right. just getting out so of hand. We, We've yeah. literally covered everything that I have up until my top five. Okay. okay. Um. Well, do we want to keep talking about shows, or do we want to get hard on the order? Let, let's let's start getting. Hard. That, that came out weird. <laughs> let's let, let's start Welcome solid- to the Will Ferrell, Kevin Hart portion of the show. <laughs> <laughs> let's start solidifying some of these at the bottom. So, yeah. so w- what do we have right now? Literally, we only have Low Winter Sun, The Killing, nothing. Okay. Um. Well, what was one we were kind of all in agreement with? So far, none. Uh. <laughs> Well, Feed the Beast, I think. Uh, not putting it at 13, guys. Not backing down. What are you putting at 13, then? I don't know. I mean, I, literally, literally, humans I had hum- the bad I had humans at 10. I I could I could consider Fear the Walking Dead, but I... I, you know. I, I would argue strongly. For, I, if, I, if you give me Fear the Walking Dead at 13, I will give you humans at 12. Because you've made some fair points about how long it is. And that is an issue. I'll take it. And I yeah, and I really liked Fear the Walking Dead, but but based on your description of it and and sort of how uh, that 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 sting really works well. Which, by the way, that reminded me of uh, the movie Insidious. Have you guys seen Insidious? I have actually, yeah. And and, and that, the, that might be what I'm remembering without actually remembering it. I'm glad you brought that up because holy shit, Insidious scares the crap out of me. That, well, I mean, and <laughs> and it and it comes from it comes from that opening, the, the, and the fact that it comes around again, like. It, if 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 Fear the Walking Dead doesn't use that sting at the end of every episode, uh, they're kind of missing out because I feel like that would be a great little punctuation on on as the Insidious movies do and to great effect because that <laughs> that might be the most frightened I've ever been in a movie was when that title pops up at the very end of Insidious. Oh man, I, that that movie I watched for the first time at home in broad daylight <laughs> and I paused it twice <laughs> to get up and walk around the house. Because I was just Ooh. like, are there people here? Like, are there Ooh. not people here? Like, what's happening? I have never seen this film. Be aw- be afraid. I, I, there's a reason I have not seen this film. <laughs> I am a scaredy cat. Um, so... Hmm, so we're All right, well, we brought this one up earlier, and I actually didn't get your thoughts, let alone your impression, but what do you guys think of The Walking Dead? I have it pretty highly ranked. I like that one a lot. It might be my favorite part of the show. Oh, it's well, that's, def- not, that's it, not saying much. It's right? definitely my favorite part of the show. Uh, uh, I will let you guys know I have I have The Walking Dead at number two. Holy crap, you guys. I, we are I actually, really going to actually, 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 uh, I have it at two as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the imagery my, my top two are like infallible right now, so I'm really freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can negotiate down to three. I'm okay with that. I, I for 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 me, I think not only is the 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 music so perfect, uh, I I'm a sucker for credit sequences that find a way to kind of organically creep into the very end of the cold open. Mm-hmm. And the fact oh, that that's a really cool element of that, yeah, of, of those credits too. The, f- the fact that those those strings come in, like as you know, people are looking at each other or realizing something, or or something you know, gut punchy happens. Uh, I love that that it can sort of seep into the rest of the show. Okay, well, um, I think it's I think it's well done. I just I was I, that one was very much in the middle top middle of my list. Uh, just kind of the music was the best part for me. That carried it. It's, and it's integration great music. Carried That's, it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, again, there's, like, Tom Miles guys is made up of everything. It's got the full package. This did not have the full package, so it's like, I'll put it down a bit. All right, but. let's let's bring up one we haven't talked about yet uh, in Night Manager, uh, which I think is by far the less sexist and thus best Bond title sequence ever. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, uh, Bond. Exactly what I had written down. Yep, <laughs> yep. It, it, it's Bond and, and another one that seems like quintessentially British. Yeah, but in a very, but in a very, like, still AMC-friendly way. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, it also made me think of uh, uh, The Honorable Woman. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, wow. just, just sort of as, as another kind of spy, uh, espionage, geopolitical uh, story. I, I I had it number six. Okay, what about Feed the Beast? Do we have that place? Seven. To... Uh, no, we do not, because we are very very in disagreement <laughs> about this. Uh, Where do you have it on your list? I told you I had it at six. Right, which is still dumb. Um, because I okay. I mean, so we're looking for number twelve right now, or no? We put humans. We're at looking 12? at eleven. I, I, let's let's sort through some ones that I'm. I feel are like right there. Right. Okay. So I, we already talked a little bit about Into the Badlands, but keep that in mind. Which I had at eleven, incidentally. Okay, so that works out pretty well. So keep that one in mind, and then also, um, I have this ranked a little bit higher, but I'm I'm willing to reconsider Hell on Wheels, which we haven't talked about. We haven't talked about, and I. I like the simplicity of Hell on Wheels a lot. I do it's, too. It's it's and it's also very nicely brief. Um, it's a better version of the Boardwalk Empire opening credits, and without being like two minutes long. <laughs> yeah, um, but at the same time, like I don't know if it communicates as much as other credit sequences we're talking about here. Like I, I wouldn't even rank. I I would say I would rank it below Feed the Beast, um, and I'm not a, a Feed the Beast supporter. Yeah, I mean, I I had I had Hell on Wheels at eight, but if if it's something that you guys don't feel strongly about, I could push a little lower. What about well, in, what about Into the Badlands? We, we like we 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 discussed it. We like it. I like the idea of it better. Well, than we're, the we're also getting into a weird fuzzy area because once we get close to the top of these, I will. I mean, uh, the top half of my list are all ones that I really like. Like I really like these these trailers. So right. we're going to get into an area where we're going to have to make some tougher decisions. So it's mm-hmm. not a defense anymore to say, well, we can't put it here because we like it. Some right. of these we're going to like, and we're going to have to start ranking them. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about what about Better Call Saul? Where do you guys actually have it ranked? I had it seven. I had it at four. Oh, good lord. Okay, um, I'm losing that one. Uh, hmm. We haven't talked about Rubicon yet, and I know that somebody's going to have a very loud opinion about it. Um, 
It might be Steve. Steve is just his rubbing his beard right now. It might be me. <laughs> <laughs> Secrets. Yeah, I, I have that one fairly high as well. Um, I, I mean, I'm willing to kind of do a like a one, two, three real quick if we're okay with knocking it out in this sure. section of like Into the Badlands, uh, Night Manager, Hell on Wheels, somewhere in there, like those two. Like I would put Night there. Manager above Hell on Wheels, but I'm good with that. Yeah, I, I would. I would. I'm. I'm. Yeah. So, so Night Manager, Hell on Wheels, and Into the Badlands. Yes. That's how I would rank them from preferential to least preferential. So right now, 15, Low Winter Sun, 14, The Killing, 13, Fear the Walking Dead, 12, Humans, 11, Into the Badlands, 10, Hell on Wheels, and 9 is The Night Manager. All right. So that's we're doing good. We're doing good. I don't know we're why you guys okay. are whining. Um, okay. Do you want to put Better Call Saul at 8 then? That would work for me. God, it just it pains me so much to put that behind some of these like <laughs> like what what pain actively pains you i mean turn oh, actively turn? pains me walking oh. dead actively pains me yeah can we can we that one. can we can we put turn like maybe below hell on wheels um, oh no oh, but you you liked it though liz i did okay. I, I certainly liked it more than hell on wheels okay um, and, and it and it it's it's at least trying something yeah definitely so i think i think so maybe behind the night manager how's like that working? behind it like yeah at below nine? like ranked below the night manager Eight, the next one we're talking about. No, no, turn. Turn to putting turn between Ten. Night Manager and, and Hell on Wheels. Okay, okay, that sure. works for you. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Great. Thank you, Ben, for taking the notes. I didn't, li- <laughs> I didn't like turn. <laughs> this is what the listeners <laughs> <No>. want. Process. <laughs> oh man, this is better than the last time uh, we did this because there would be like long stretches of just me typing and Ben like <laughs> or Ben thinking. Um. So, I am, so I'm willing to put Feed the Beast next. I'm willing to put it at seven. Um. So Feed the Be- wait Feed the Beast is at seven. We are up to seven right now. Jesus, no! I just, can't, just can't, can't, can't be that high. Can, can we put Can we put it below Turn? I am adamantly against this, but <laughs> since I'm outnumbered, I guess I can allow this. I, yeah. I have a, apologies to whoever cut that trailer. It was much better than Turn. Apologies to the Turn. Cutter as well. <laughs> you did a, a fine job with creating what you were creating. It just does very little for the show, in my opinion. Crime, food, yeah. food. You crime. literally do crime. that with any food of crime. These. Crime, it's crime literally food. any one of these. Crime food, food, crime. All right. So what's next? What are we at? Uh, so let's let's talk Breaking Bad because Liz, you said that you said that you had that low. You know, honestly, I had it low, but I can be argued up. Like the thing about it, here's here. My, what are my notes? I mean, it's. It's so iconic, and it does so much with so little. And my only complaint is that it is so little. Um, and you know, aside from setting a mood and a tone, it doesn't really communicate anything in regards to story. Um, that said, I really like it, and so I'm not. I'm not arguing. I mean, I had it ranked low personally, just on the basis of my personal metrics. But as we all have different personal metrics, I'm happy to let. I'm la- happy to let it get moved up. I had it at five, but of of all the ones that were that high, I felt like that was that was the one that most owed to the show itself, right? As yeah. opposed to selling the show, exactly. Like if you, if you switched the night manager and and Breaking Bad, like I would have, it would be it would be a lot lower. I mean, it'd be very confusing. There are very it would be few, very there, there are very few nuclear weapons in Breaking Bad. <laughs> uh, ben, where did you have it? Uh, I had Breaking Bad at three. Okay, that's right. Breaking you said that. Bad is the ultimate tone setter for me. When that music kicks in, 
It is. <laughs> that's yeah. the one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, that was not a recording, by the way. That was Steve. Any, um, any, I mean, anyone who watched that show could, like, you know, yeah. give it to me by right the now. Way, by the way, digging up uh, the actual full theme is also really worthwhile. Like, that, the, sh- the actual full song has an amazing bridge that you never only get to hear at award shows or if you dig up the soundtrack. <laughs> um, but... Okay. This is what I, I mean, I love it for the simplicity of it. Mm-hmm. The, the right. music is perfect. The it gives you so much context and how like how many time how often they use that periodic table in the show actually spoke to it a lot as well. But the way that I mean, just the simplicity of it really worked for me. Yeah. So that's why I had it so high. I'm, and, I'm I'm totally fine with ranking it high. And and bonus points for using the 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 element the periodic elements in the actual like credits yeah yeah post Absolutely. the post the like the the music but then like actually showing the on-screen credits using the that using the capital letters uh, that's point. that's yeah um all right well we might we might want to reverse this a little bit because we are we only have six left to rank um we need to you know we need to hack down we've talked about literally i think all of these but two and a half because we kind of talked about rubicon but not really yeah right um <clears throat> I'm gonna volunteer a number one because I, I can really we can we can't. say our number ones at the same time? I think it might I, be the same. I think, I, think, I, think, yeah. I don't think any of us are gonna say anything different. Yeah. Three, two, one. Mad, Mad Men. Men. It's gotta okay, be. Great. It's gotta right. be. Thank God we didn't be. have to fight about this. It's guys. gotta be. It's gotta be. We that was great. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no arguing. Yep. Um, yep. There's just no arguing. Nope. <laughs> um, but then now that we have that out of the way, uh, what was your number one? And then number two. I'm sorry. My number two is Hold and Catch Fire. I, I mean, I love it. Hold and Catch Fire was, I mean, when that when that teaser came out of the gate, they released those early as well. When I saw those, I was like, this is a show. Like, this is something I really want to watch. And honestly, as that show dropped off for me, every time the credits kicked in, if I like when I knew that if I got to that point, I was gonna keep watching. So I'd have to I'd literally I'd just cut it off. I'd be like, okay, like it's gotten bad. I need to stop. And I'd stop. But the credits were literally the thing that made me want to keep going. The music in it the visualizations of it, the way they introduce character faces, like in that really integrated style. I mean, everything you guys are doing is correct. Like it, it sets the perfect tone for that series. And I mean, and honestly, there's I don't know. A, if, there's computer imagery too. Like yeah, it, it has everything that you could want in opening credits for me. So that I was uh, it for a minute, for like a second, I almost put it above Mad Men. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm okay with it at number two, to be honest. I had it. Oh, I had it. Steve I, is gonna die from Rubicon. I. I mean. I. I. Look. I. I. I love Rubicon in some ways more than life itself. <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't. I if if Halt and Catch Fire ended up too, I would not be upset. Where did you have uh, Rubicon? Uh, I had Rubicon at five. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had it at eight, but that's kind of that. That wasn't anything firm. Um. For me, for me, I think it fall. It, I don't love it as much as Steve, uh, but I do really like it. And I, I think the only my only real, real problem with it is the fact that since its release, it's come to feel very familiar because everyone else started ripping it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it no longer has quite the dazzle for me that it could have had. But you know, it's still pretty great. Yeah, very small complaints. Like I would have appreciated a slightly bolder musical score for it, and I almost felt like it was too quick with its edits. But those are such minor complaints, and frankly, it did fit so perfectly for that show. Um, yeah, it, I, I was just—I'm literally just I, searching for reasons to rank these now. Like, if I didn't yeah. have to rank them, I'd just be like, "Oh yeah, all of these are great." Yeah, yeah. So. I would—I would say Rubicon in the top four at least. 
Um, I can live with that. I mean, if so you're it, literally it, talking about three or four right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> which is what are we? Which we, what, we what, what are we? What are we locked on number two? Uh, hold on, catch fire. Okay. So Halt and Catch Fire at number two. Can, can I say my quick thing about uh, about Rubicon no, real quick? Steve, you, uh, your passion for this means you can't talk about it. No. Okay. So uh, I remember watching the Hell on Wheels pilot. Sure. In the very last scene. As we all do. In the very last scene, I, I believe it's the music from the very last scene. I went, why does this sound familiar? Like, what what is this? What is this? And I think what – I mean, I've always – thought of it as just a, a a nice tribute to their fallen comrade because I think by that time Rubicon had been canceled. It got it, it went away pretty quick. It went away pretty quick. It only lasted one season. Uh the, the 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 music they use in that scene is basically a banjo and guitar twangy version of the Rubicon theme song. Uh most people might recognize that particular piece of music as the theme song for making a murderer. Uh, so if you if you go because you know it's it's basically the same thing we should we should put this in the show notes on, right. on this on this post uh, links to the Rubicon theme song uh, the track from Hell on Wheels which I believe is called Weak at Heart uh, yeah. and then and then uh, making a murderer these all seem like things you have easily accessible in your bookmarks yes yes yeah, just ping Steve on Twitter yeah um but we'll make a point of doing that meanwhile I'm Rubicon- more I'm more than fine with Rubicon at three and then Breaking Bad at four. Yeah, making what, sure what, I'm not forgetting. What, 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 Walking Dead at five, then? Yeah, that works. For, I mean, I think I think that's a good compromise on that one. Yeah. Ooh, that that was that was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Well, I mean, I figured because I think like the real thing that we're we've hit on a bunch of times here is like this middle stretch is the tough one, and it's like we're talking about fractions of a degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's tough on a list because then you, when you physically look at the list, which is for all lists, if you see something at the bottom half of that list that you really feel like should be at the top half, it feels so wrong. Oh, like, yeah. It right. just feels like you, you let something down or you missed something or you've made a mistake, and you don't want to feel that way, when, especially when we're just setting these at the beginning and we're talking about 15 different shows. Yeah, so, so have we successfully ranked them all? We've done it uh, right now. Number one is Mad Men, followed by Halt and Catch Fire, Rubicon, Breaking Bad, The Walking Dead, Better Call Saul, The Night Manager, Turn, Washington's Spies, Feed the Beast, Hell on Wheels, Into the Badlands, Humans, Fear the Walking Dead, The Killing, and Low Winter Sun. I think I can safely say that if we made just about a list of all anything AMC, Low Winter Sun would be at the bottom. <laughs> I mean, right? Mark Strong, we we love you. That's yeah. not. That's I, not. That's not. I that's, do love Mark Strong. You are a great Sinestro buddy. Uh, I think the th- my thing about Low Winter Sun <laughs> is that Low Winter. If you've ever watched The Good Wife, n- neither of you gentlemen do. But The Good Wife in its last couple did. of seasons, what did it's off? It's done. Yes, did in its last couple of seasons. Well, television shows live forever now on streaming. Um, but in seasons five and six on AMC, uh, on, on, on The Good Wife, um, there was this incredible runner of a joke, which is clearly the Kings being pissed off that Good, Good Wife was competing against all these gritty co- cable dramas. So they created their own gritty AMC, specifically known as an AMC cable drama that was clearly <laughs> about corrupt cops. And it was such a low winter sun parody. Like, it was a parody of all the AMC shows, but very specifically Low Winter Sun. High Summer Moon. Yeah, something like that. It was like, it had one of those kind of titles. Yeah. I'm blanking on it now, but it was great. The, the parody, that is. How much The Good Wife 
hated everything to do with like cable and, and dark cop shows and like all of their Emmys competitors. I mean, first of all, it's justified because if The Good Wife would have been out five years earlier, think of all the Emmys it would have had. Um, and and competing, you know that the god that one year when it when it was up against True Detective and its eight episodes in the drama series category. I mean that's just I felt bad for him. Um, there not only the show the AMC drama was called Darkness at Noon, <laughs> and um, which the, is the name of a classic novel by the way. That's yeah. a great title. And the post show talking talk show discussion show. Oh. Was called Talking at Noon. Oh, I thought it was going to be After Darkness at Noon. That, that would also <laughs> been good. That would have also been good. Uh. After Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> After Noon. Ho- hosted by Hick Krarswick. <laughs> Wouldn't it be Darkness at Afternoon? Darkness mm. at Afternoon. Oh, well, I mean, I now, know. now you're asking too many things of us. I can't, I can't tell time and do a podcast. That's insane. That's I mean, fair. that's why these things are 45 minutes long when they're trying to be <laughs> or 25. Is that where we're at right now? Who knows? Um, maybe Steve does. You're, I think you're sitting next to the cl- closest thing. Uh, we're 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 at about forty. Okay, in that case, I think we've done a really good job here, gentlemen. We've cooperated, we've you know compromised, and that means it's time for hey Steve, what was the best thing you watched last week? The best thing I watched last week, uh, I am I'm really enjoying United Shades of America on oh. CNN, the uh, the Kamau Bell show. Um, the first episode with the KKK is fascinating. I think that's easily one of my favorite episodes of TV, uh, just bar none this year. Um, the episode that he did on, on prisons was really insightful. Um, I'm really interested to see where that show goes. Um, I hope it's something that, that CNN can continue to get behind. Um, he seems really invested in it. Uh, I've, I've seen him uh, on talk show appearances, and he's, 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 he seems really... Uh, like it's a very creative outlet for him and he's a really funny guy and a really thoughtful guy uh, and I hope he gets to sort of make it whatever he wants it to be yeah I interviewed him about it uh, back last month and he was it was really interesting to speak with him about it like just how personal a lot of it is for him especially and also how apparently the idea was the original idea was just this production company went to CNN and said we think it'd be cool to send a black comedian into into all these terrible terrible areas for black comedians like who's available? <laughs> well, I mean, I I like that they're, I I like that they weave in his stand up. They give him a chance to sort of show his own voice. But when he's when he's actually interviewing the people, there's not this pressure to. It's not it's not a Daily Show field piece where it's like you have to be funny, you have to have a joke every thirty seconds. Like he right. can actually be sincere in those moments and really get some interesting responses from people. So I I I, I really like it, and I hope that uh, I hope that it continues to air. That was a great pick. I saw. I only. I've only been able to see about fifteen minutes of it, but it was fascinating. Like I was immediately hooked and sad that I was watching on regular TV where I could not, you know, skip to the next one or <laughs> rewind or whatever. So yeah. Uh, ben, what was the best thing you saw on TV this week? The best thing I saw on TV this week, I actually literally watched today, and I'm not going to talk too in depth about it, even though by the time this airs, it will have already been watched by most of you. Uh, but I cannot spoil it for the wonderful people in this room. This week's episode of Veep is phenomenal. I cannot speak highly enough about it. I have to say, uh, it is my treat every week to watch Ben watch Veep, and it's <laughs> always it. He's he's never like jumping up and down or running around the room or anything, but just like you laugh more watching that show than you watch than you do laugh watching literally anything else, and it's just like such. You're, there's such. You're so impressed by it, I think, is what it is. It's always really exciting. 
there's a lot of admiration that I have because usually as I'm watching it, I have a very visceral reaction. And then sometimes when I'm trying to take notes or trying to, you know, prepare for the weekly reviews, you know, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit in my head, even though it's moving ahead so quickly in the show. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, there's just so many layers to it. There's so much to like about it. There's so much going on this year. I mean, just the thing with Catherine, you guys. I cannot wait to see <laughs> her. Ug- her ugly crying last weekend was oh. was just that. Her her off screen presence on that show <laughs> is enough for me to give her an Emmy nomination. Every once in a while, not even that's not even really her. Yeah, every once in a while, when 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 she's just in the background of, especially in those first episodes where she had the camera, yes. uh, it's it's the it, way they find I mean, how they integrate that. Yeah. It's probably going to be like similar to last year where they basically have it like episode nine. Last year was a breakout episode where they kind of just did all the depositions. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's what they're building towards. I mean, it very well could be. I I have no idea if we're actually going to get to watch it or not. I feel like that's something that they probably want to do. And figuring out how to incorporate that a lot, like you're mentioning, the deposition thing is a challenge and um, new showrunner David Mendel. I mean, how he decides to go forward with it, it'll be fascinating. But uh, again, just this episode by itself, terrific TV, you guys. Cannot wait. Um, But uh, Liz was, I mean, there was nothing that good, but but was there something else good that you watched this week? I watched a fair amount amount of things this week, uh, including stuff I'm not allowed to talk about. Um, But I really enjoyed I've seen I've seen the full first season of Lady Dynamite, and it's a show I'm still figuring out kind mm-hmm. of how to describe and how to explain it. But it there is something really special about it. Like it's a combination of three, in retrospect, three pretty unique comic personalities. Because uh, it's uh, stars stars Marie Bamford, who's a very distinct uh, independent you know independent alternative comic. Uh, from the stand-up world, who has a very strong point of view, especially when it comes to telling a story about her literal life, including some very interesting material when it comes to talking about her old job working as a spokesperson for Target. That's a huge part of the show, and it's crazy pants. But you also have Pam Brady, who is a veteran of the Trey Parker and Matt Stone universe, uh, and just a weird, a very weird and distinct comic force in her own right. And then you have uh, Mitch Hurwitz, who of course is Arrested Development, and all this crazy stuff. And so you get all those people together, and you get puppets, and you get genre twisting, and you get uh, some pretty, you know, rough, rough emo- emotional stuff. Like it's, it goes a lot of different places, and I feel like it holds together. But I'm still kind of figuring it out. Yeah. But I like it, and it should be it should be worth checking out if you like any of the shows or any of the personalities I just mentioned. Uh, and and in the two episodes that I've seen, just the way the way that they've and I don't know which of the three that you mentioned this this particularly comes from, but just the way that they're able to 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 loop back around and make little tiny tossed off details at the beginning of an episode be relevant at the end. Uh, that's something really satisfying. Even even if it doesn't make you laugh as much as something else might, uh, I, there's there's clearly a lot of attention to detail, and that's that's always fun to see. Yeah, it's not a laugher for me. Like I'm not getting actual, but there are some parts where I'm like really impressed. So, so Steve, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Uh, I am looking forward to. I'm a, I'm a little behind on this season. I haven't. I'm, I'm not fully caught up. Um, but I love the Chris Kethard show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it is one of the weirdest, most wonderful things on TV. Uh, and next week's episode uh, that's upcoming, 
uh, has Paul Shear and Jason Manzukis as guests. Oh, uh, wonderful! Uh, which is, I mean, that's you can't you can't get better than that. You gotta have, gotta have the Zooks. Uh, and uh, and the 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 theme from what I've seen so far is that uh, they're trying to figure out what is in the Chris Gethard show dumpster. And for me, that I it, it's it's a quintessential premise for an episode of the show. Uh, and I have no doubt that with uh, with with those guests and uh, with the with the with the freedom that they've had this season, going from a a half hour episode to a to an hour episode, uh, just the freedom to get even weirder has been really wonderful and uh, I, I can't wait to to not only see that episode but then to catch up on a few that I haven't seen so far. Do they ever get legal clearance to uh, use uh, the late show with uh, David Letterman set that they rescued from a dumpster? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe that'll maybe that'll prominently feature. I'm, yeah. I'm, I missed I missed they, the. They they definitely went and dumpster diving for it, and I believe it was like there's a question of like whether or not they could legally use it. I, um, I mean, it, it's fun. They they do make explicit reference to their legal department because there are so many things that they would need clearance on because they have guests and people call in and and <laughs> and details that you're probably not allowed to say on TV when it's when you're talking about other people. Right, and um, it's all live, and it's all live. Yeah, so I I missed I missed the. Uh, the the live webcast uh, I believe it was last night so uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what uh, what Thursday's episode will bring cool. but, uh, but yeah so Ben what are you looking forward to um, officially well unofficially I should say I'm looking forward to the Chicago Cubs beating up the San Francisco mm. Giants uh, over the weekend but that will have happened by now so honestly what I'm looking forward to the most after doing a, a joint review with Liz on Preacher is the reaction to Preacher yeah I'm very curious to see what the consensus feels about this show and I, I know it's very hard to gauge but even just judging it on strictly by the numbers there's a lot of varying expectations for how big of a hit this is going to be um, I've seen comparisons where some people think it's going to be AMC's next Walking Dead and then I've talked to people who think it's going to you know really struggle to hold on to an audience because it's so crazy um, I find it to be very well told though so I'm I'm bullish on it and at the same time, you know, it's just one of those kind of great TV experiments right now where what kind of audience it finds will be really fun to watch unfold. I really enjoy the pilot, but it'll be very interesting to see if they can carry that momentum through through, through 10 episodes a season. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of have that kind of twisted manic energy lying underneath um, to kind of keep that going. Yeah, I mean, I think the they've done a lot of really smart stuff in terms of adapting it. But I'm I, I share I share Ben's interest as well. Like we have a weekly we're, we're gonna we're set up for weekly reviews now, and I have a feature I'm going to be running soon, hopefully in the next couple of days, about how the show's approach to re- shows actually really you know respectful of religion, mm-hmm. um, and give it which is funny in its way, uh, and it's so Dominic Cooper and. Uh, Dominic Cooper and the showrunner had a lot of interesting stuff to say about that. Yeah, I mean, that's an excellent point, too, because one of the things that, you know, in our discussion that I find myself going back to is that there's so many different ways to read it. Like, saying that it's very respectful of religion, I feel, is very true. And yet, the very opening scene of this, <laughs> yeah, you could take yeah. that as just oh, yeah. utterly offensive, and well, you could turn off your TV. And and to some extent, I think it's a Rorschach test too. You know, yeah. your 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 own perspective will kind of paint how you see it. Yeah, yeah. I will be very curious. Like again, like talking, speaking specifically 
to people who have, you know, a much stronger faith than I do or, or just, you know, devoutly religious or anything. I'll be very curious to see what they have to say about it. Um, and then in general, it's like it's also it's a comic book adaptation. You could easily dismiss it as like, oh, it's just kind of silly and fun. There's a lot more going on than that. Like there's there's some layers to this show, which is exciting to watch. Um, yeah. But uh but yeah, so that, that general reaction is what I'm looking forward to. I don't know if that's a great recommendation for you guys out there. Um, so Liz, do you have something uh, to go along with Steve's excellent pick of, of something to look forward to? Well, this is almost something I could have mentioned as the best thing I watched this week, but uh, I had some traveling to do, and so I loaded up my iPad with as many screeners as I could. And I have now seen about the first half of the upcoming history miniseries Roots. Ooh. And it's real good. Yeah. Like, for some reason, I wasn't as gripped by part one as I might have been, but part two really got me. It's such it's such a dense character story, and also, like, it, you know, it's at times difficult to watch. Guess what, guys? Slavery was kind of the pits. Not a good idea. Kind of treated like a, a whole gener- a whole group of people like g- complete garbage, and the attitudes that Roots displays are terrifyingly sad because, of course, they feel very true and accurate um, to what that time period was like. But it's really well made, and that's the big thing: is like taking taking the original story. The I haven't seen the original, but I know that you know, as iconic as it is, it probably doesn't hold up that well in comparison to what we're now doing on modern television. And I think I like Roots is so watchable. I like that they're doing an event behind it. I like that they're like, I mean, obviously it is an event, but the way that history and, and, and A&E and general, like everybody is, is pushing this. Are they doing a takeover thing like they did with like Cosmos and similar? Yeah. Where, where, it's, just, where it's just like, you as can't wide. You Cosmos can't, was yeah. ridiculous, yeah. but this is pretty wide and yeah. putting it on Memorial Day weekend is a big thing and airing it in, in back to back nights the way it's, I mean, everything about it, they're making it feel like just a time to sit down and appreciate it. And, and even, even then, even the way they're setting it up like that, is nice because in today's day and age, a lot of people will just record it. But if they can record it and watch it on their own time and just have it after two days or three days or I can't remember, is, it's is it over the course of three days? Is it a three day event? Uh, four. It's a four day event. It's four. It's four parts. Man, I got okay. Well, yeah, but uh, sorry. Anyway, having it that quickly, like having access to that and allowing people to binge it, seems like they're aware of that and they're more concerned about putting this out there with the message behind it. Uh, with the with the meaning, with just the desire to be seen, uh, more than about anything else. That, that's great, and I think it's going to have a long life anyway because it is a big Emmys contender this year. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that too. I mean, the big thing to know about it is it was hella expensive to make. They spent so much money on it, so yeah, they are definitely going to throw a lot of weight behind making sure it gets seen. But it deserves to be seen. It's really good, I think. Yeah, and th- that balance again, like the the, it feels more like they're leaning towards the deserves to be seen than like the we need this thing to be seen because we spent yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, it, the to- <laughs> it doesn't feel like Batman versus Superman where they're just desperately lunging at airlines <laughs> to to joint venture and like, yeah, I, no. yeah. Um, well, and. You can find out more about all of this at IndieWire.com where you, you'll have reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like. Most of the stuff you don't, but we'll tell you you don't like it, and that makes it much easier for you to avoid it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you just listen to us, then you guys will be in, in great shape. But uh, if you want to listen to some people who really know what they're talking about, make sure you tune into Screen Talk with Ann Thompson and Eric Cohen. 
Um, they're at Can right now. They just did a live Can reading, yeah. which is out there, which I'm sure is great. I'm that's the only one I haven't heard yet. Um, if you were at Can, you could have heckled them yourself. Oh my God! <laughs> the, the, I mean, that opportunity is probably worth the airfare to yeah. get over to Can. I mean, that's yeah, that's something else. So make sure you tune into that as well. Subscribe on iTunes, all of that business. Yes, yeah. and you can find Steve on Twitter at at Steve Bruin, which is Steve, like my name. Yep, and then Bruin. Not Bruin like Bruin Coffee or beer, but, but like, like but UCLA. Like the UCLA Bruins. Yeah. Uh, B-R-U-I-N. So that's a Steve with two E's <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a Bruin with a U. That likes to know about vowels. S-T-E-V-E-B-R-U-I-N. There you go. And you can also find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. Sorry, I was putting that together. It took me a second. But you can definitely find Liz on Twitter. At Lizlet, and that's with an I and an E. Yep. Speaking no of you. No, no you. No you. No you whatsoever. Uh, we'll be back what, next week. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. This it's was been a, a lot of fun. This Thanks, was a Steve. delight. Yay, Steve. And by the way, Steve, uh, we've, been, we've, we've been owing you a very special thanks. If you haven't noticed, Ben and I actually sound good now. Like, we actually sound like we're competent podcasters. Well, again, that's a weird inflection to put on it. The, the actual sound quality should yes. sound good. Liz sounds good. I still sound foolish because I keep talking about the leftovers and I mumble sometimes. You speak in complete sentences, sense. which is a good. Yeah, but the yeah. point. That's something, I guess. The, the point, important point is we owe it all to Steve who helped us get set up initially and has been very, very insightful in terms of making sure we use all this wonderful equipment well. So thank you for that, Steve. And hopefully we'll have to have you on this again at some point. I'd love it. I like to pretend that Steve just listened to these too many times and eventually was like, God. I got to do something about these two. Like, they sound terrible. Terrible. I have no idea what you're talking about, Ben. (laughs) All right. Uh, Like I said, we'll be back next week. And in the meantime, you guys, keep watching television. Mm